so fast you die like you're just, you're just jackhammering and it just you die <laughs> no I can't say I've ever died before you once or twice <laughs> once or twice every month <laughs> once or twice every night baby <laughs> every 28 days it's my cycle <laughs> shout out to Pornhub for that free <clears throat> subscription for a month great did they re- did they really yeah, Pornhub Premium. They wanted people to stay at home and masturbate and not go out. And Good for them. I took full advantage Target of that. demographic <laughs> is this podcast. Amen. So, uh, I've been really into a uh, a female rapper recently. Um, you might even say that I have a boyish crush on this female rapper. Oh. Um, her name is Doja Cat. Oh, fuck. You and, like, <laughs> half of fucking the world. She is adorable, and she sings about getting plowed all the time. It's really hilarious. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, you, you don't think positively of me enjoying her music? Uh, uh, you, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real with you here. Haven't uh, listened to her that much, but what I've seen is just fucking out of control and crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just not, I'm not ready to dive into that. I've got a lot of World of Warcraft I'm playing, <laughs> and I don't have time to just move my brain into I other categories. I don't know who I am anymore. I just, oh, but hey, if any of you listeners want to play with Franz McBoohoo, let me know. I play on a lot of servers, because I like to make a lot of characters. And have them all fucked. I have problems. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, but... None of them are related to World of Warcraft. But for nine ninety nine, you can listen to me jerk off on all of my problems. I'll write pieces of paper out with every problem I've got and I'll masturbate onto it. Debt Debt, men men, mother mothers friends friends uh, coronavirus loneliness boyfriend my boyfriend um and uh crippling anxiety anxiety okay ocd about ants and cleaning ants yeah you've been all about ants lately ants, ants fuck pants. ants they don't pay rent they're get in, out of my house they're in his pants and they're not doing anything down there worthwhile <laughs> so get out get on out they're going to have to start wearing raid condoms so there was a uh, a message sent to me by Kitty. Shout out to my girl Kitty. She told me that we almost predicted the coronavirus epidemic. What? Um, apparently, what? so apparently, 
on episode six, uh, which is our second Very Merry Pastas, which makes this ironic that we're still, that we're recording we're a still Christmas on a fucking episode. Christmas one. We're recording an episode three years and 158, <laughs> 54 episodes later. <clears throat> and it's all about. 420 2020 <laughs> and apparently we made a joke back in 2017 so i'm just going to plug that here real quick <laughs> it's going to be none of those because we are straight edge and i'm very ashamed that you're trying to defame yourself well we're coming on 2017 and i'm getting fucking sick of it listen when we get to 2020 uh, the, the month of April will be a glorious month. Are you a Mayan calendar? <laughs> yeah. You, he, he just had an epiphany, everyone. In, apparently in three years on April 20th, something really crazy is going to happen. When you lose your marbles, you gain insight. <laughs> How old will I be in 2020? 2020 oh, let's, don't, let's don't go. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. I let can me tell see you, the future! Because let me tell you, we start talking about where we should be in three <laughs> years, and you and I are not there. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm sad. You know, I'm really sad sometimes when I'm alone. <laughs> you wanna... You wanna... Co-do a OnlyFans with me and we'll jerk off on Now on OnlyFans, <laughs> Captain Death I'm gonna jerk off on lots of pasta merchandise. <laughs> you wanna buy this shirt? It has my cum on it. You like that you disco like that, Dracula sticker? You like that disco D sticker? Shit. Now there's my jizz on it. <laughs> yeah, man. <coughs> oh. Good baby. times. Good times. Wow. I really did lose my marbles. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> That's really my impersonation did. of that kid. Hook. It's a good movie. You can get it for four ninety nine on iTunes <laughs> on right my now. Only fans, <laughs> on my OnlyFans, I could jerk off onto a DVD of Hook for you. <laughs> I'll jerk off onto the DVD, a bag of marbles, a red feather, and I'll just yell Rufio constantly. <laughs> Rufio. Rufy, oh! <laughs> oh, great! This episode is off to a terrible, wonderful start. My word is my bond. Yeah, junk bond. <laughs> oh! So, no one, no. Today, today started off with us doing uh, some gummy edibles and hiking, probably a mile. Yeah. And then, then we uh, we ate some subpar Asian food, and uh, now we're here recording. It's uh, it's a little late in the day. Um, I I feel I feel good. This is a good time to record. I think uh, it's still April, at the time of recording, um, twenty twenty. So, you know, th- this month has been uh, kind of shit. A lot of shit, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny that I don't I don't know if, like, this, this story particularly, like, I think it's funnier that we were recording a Christmas episode 
three years ago when we talked about it and we're like still here recording our Christmas episode when we mentioned that. Yeah. I think that's pretty like who the fuck does that how does that line up that way but like here we are in april three years later recording i don't know the fucking seventh or eighth christmas episode for this show and like i i hope no one expects a christmas episode this year because because you're now, gonna get it because now, now you're gonna be me now you're gonna get one 9.99 only oh fans oh i'm gonna God. pirate the audio and do it myself brad's mcboohoo honestly no you're getting a christmas episode i have a tradition i get christmas i get thanksgiving you get every 69 i get every 69 and have i gotten every four i haven't gotten every 420 i don't think so with gotten to 420 oh we just haven't been lucky enough to oh so i'll get 420 everything ending in 69 we're at we're at 160 every, i don't know if we're gonna get to 420 and most holiday episodes every holiday episode no we've done halloween you weren't on either of those oh well you know um that we wasn't by choice an easter that wasn't by choice um i'd like to think that uh i don't have a lot of creative you're on the christmas the episodes that's that's it you're on and the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I, uh, did it, uh, we were recording on Thanksgiving. The, the stories weren't related to Thanksgiving. All right, guys, you just let Captain Death know that you want me on every holiday because I'm going to fucking do it. I'll be here. I'll be square. Ever $9.99. Choosing all the holidays. It's not that you can't be on all of the holidays. <laughs> It's that I don't know if there's material that exists. <laughs> Guys, find the stories. The find the story, send it to this guy. All right. You get Lots your of best Valentine audience. story. Get your best Hoppin' Easter Bunny story. Pull the eggs out of my ass, and we'll read them. Lots of pasta audience. I want you to unholster your autism and <laughs> aim it. That's quite good. Aim, <laughs> aim it right at the internet and find us holiday related. Creepy pastas or no sleeps. I know Daniel. You could shoot me a couple Christmas ones if you find any of the other holidays. Shoot me those too. Uh, you know, if anyone finds an Easter one, I know one. I know one Easter one, and it's where the Easter Bunny comes and eats this kid's dog. Nice. I remember that the the bunny rabbit that eats the dog named Candy. Um, that's the only one I know, and I think it's too stupid to read on my own show, which is why we haven't read it. So, like, I don't know. Find Challenge accepted. We read Halloween ones. If you have any more trick-or-treating or Halloween-related ones, I'd read those. <clears throat> but what else? What other holidays? Valentine's Day, you mentioned? That would be yeah. cool. St. Paddy's? Yeah, an Irish. If there's, like, a leprechaun chasing someone, that'd be pretty fucking fun and if you find any stories that you're just like wow this source material is such shit i would love for frowns to read this i will read it nothing is too shitty and i have no self-esteem or self-respect and i will never refuse a story so just send them on in folks next christmas episode is just all you i'm never i'm not gonna talk that sounds next great christmas episode, i'll let you do the entire show so uh you guys have something to look forward to <laughs> That's gonna be for December this year. Frowns I'm going to be a guest. I'm going to be a guest on Frowns' show for Christmas <laughs> this year. 
I'm gonna let him start the recording and, and introduce it and do the entire thing. Line the stories up. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be terrible, but it's gonna be great. And you guys are gonna watch it because you have nothing better to do. Sign up for my OnlyFans, nine ninety nine. And for nine ninety nine, you can sign up to watch me jerk off onto everything in Captain Death's room. I've got a rock band drum set. I've got a bag of chips. I've got Several a glass spray. Pairs of three D glasses. Three D glasses. Wow, Some why do you have so Pop many? miniatures? Oh god, those were from when we saw something or did something. Oh, they're from Disney World. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, guys, there's lots and lots of weed for me to masturbate onto. <laughs> and then I'll smoke it. <laughs> so, this episode is interesting because <laughs> we've, been trying, we've been trying to finish this fucking story. Forever. For a while now. And I didn't know going into it that it was going to be fucking... 16 parts but you know lo and behold it is it's like 15 or 16 parts so here we are two episodes later still trying to fucking finish this story and um the end is in sight there's a light at the end of the tunnel these are the last four parts that we're going to read today and um where we finished off last time well it all started two episodes ago um <laughs> I was a different person then. Whoa. So Our characters had different voices then. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so, <clears throat> a little girl writes a letter to Santa, uh, or, but it, it's misspelled and it goes to Satan. Um, the dad gets roped into her hijinks, which includes a large Frankenstein teddy bear, aptly named Franken-Teddy, a demon babysitter. Uh, she's like a siren. Um, she is Mrs. Hat Miss Hatchet Face. Medea. There is, uh, I believe that is Mrs. Robbins. Um, Mrs. but she's, Robinson. she was, uh, the little girl's teacher, demon teacher. Taught her magic for a little bit, but she hasn't been around for a while. There's Satan himself. Um, there was a Scottish troll last time. Yes. There is, um, several different workers. There's the call line lady. Um... How may I hell you today? Um, and then the dad of, of this girl who gets roped into these shenanigans. Um, along with the shenanigans, Satan has tried taking over Disneyland and failed because the elder gods um, of the, the nether realm have decided to, I believe, wake up and feast on the the underworld as uh, the entire universe or something like that and um they have taken the daughter because she is part elder god and unless we find the elder god that is missing which is the wife that the narrator thought was dead he will never get his daughter back which is where we are right now well that's it's fucking deep yeah, I knew you wouldn't remember where we were. Whoa. I don't remember what I'm doing here. <laughs> but in all seriousness, guys, we didn't touch on this yet, but Corona's pretty shitty, and I just want to thank you all for whoever's listening out there. Thanks for listening in during these fucking terrible, crazy times. And uh, if you know anyone or have family that's been affected, we deeply sympathize, and our hearts go out to you. 
as we tell this fucking terrible story and finish it finally because I need to move on from this part of my life. This has been a black hole and I was going to say this entire time he's been pandering to waste time so we don't have to read it. Oh my but, god, yeah! But the, uh, the truth is, um, I don't think the story's terrible. No, I'm just tired. I'm tired. He made me go on a hike earlier and I'm so tired. I made him do edibles earlier. My doggies are barking. I'm tired. So, uh... My head hurts. We're gonna get through this real quick. I promise. (laughs) Real quick. 34 pages. I'm talking 30 30 to 36 pages. I'm gonna steamroll it, baby. We're gonna be... We're gonna be under an hour and a half, folks. That's how how quick this is gonna be. I, I put it down right now. Putting laying laying my dick out on the table, putting it out right now. That was his hand. <laughs> Just wanted, you ruined the joke. So, oh. this is what you got. Anything you got? Anything else to say? I don't like my allergies. My sinuses are so painful right now. Anyone who has year-round allergies, spring sucks. I take all the medicine and it doesn't help. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Hotline Miami. Been really enjoying that game. Might even play through it and put it up on the YouTube because it's a real quick playthrough. Um, anyway, uh, I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's jump into And play things. World of Warcraft with me. <coughs> if you want to. Don't, don't. Don't feel pressured into playing just because he's talking like this. <laughs> I poop my pants. Can we just start, please? <laughs> All right, so this is... What happens when you write to Satan instead of Santa? Part 12. Florida. <clears throat> the worst had happened. Sarah had been kidnapped and taken to the netherworld. I walked over to where she had been standing and stared at the ground in shock. I saw a small piece of black plastic poking out of the sand, and I picked it up. I dusted it off, and it was the remote of minor inconveniences. I slid it into my back pocket. Well, that guy was a dick, Satan said. We looked around, but no one was there. Satan, I asked, where are you? I'm under here, said Satan's disembodied voice. Under, what do you mean? Oh. A pointed red tail was waving at us from underneath a giant boulder. Yeah, I got crushed. Just a bit. Are you going to die? Can evil ever truly die, Desmond? Uh, maybe. No, Desmond. The answer is no. Well, that's a bummer. It's a bummer that I'm not going to die. It's a bummer that evil can never die. This is a wonderfully philosophic conversation. I'd love to continue it after someone gets this rock off of me. I've got it. Mitch Sash's face chimed in, stepping forward and wrapping her arms around the boulder, digging her tiny pink fingers into the stone. With a heave and a grunt. With a grunt and a cunt. She she rolled the rock rock off off Satan. Thanks making a poor attempt of unruffling his suit and brushing the dust off of himself. So, now that everything is settled, should we go back to Disneyland? What? Everything is not settled. Sarah's been kidnapped and taken to the netherworld. Well, yeah. But you heard what Ersnock's lawyer said. 
As long as the Netherworld refugee remains on Earth, it won't be destroyed. No, Sarah. No apocalypse. I'm sorry about your daughter, but you know. Win some, lose some. Win some, lose some! Miss Hatchetface yelled. She walked up to Satan and jabbed a finger into his chest. That little girl trusted you, and I am not going to let you just abandon her to the Netherworld so that you can sweep your own screw up under the rug. What would your mother say? My mother? Satan rubbed the back of his head. I really don't see what she has to do with anything. Oh, no. Well, why don't we call her and see what she has to say? No! <clears throat> I mean, um, I hardly think that's necessary. We can just go find Sarah's mom and ask her if she knows how to prevent the apocalypse. That way, it's a happy ending for everyone involved, and, um, no one... No one's mother needs to get involved. Wow. I really didn't expect the CEO of Hell to be afraid of his mother. I'm not afraid of her, I just... I have detected insecurity in your voice. It appears you are trying to tell a lie. I shall assist you so that your deception is not detected. Frank and Teddy turned to me. Satan is not afraid of his mother. Thank you, Frank and Teddy. Frank and Teddy gave him a salute. So why are you afraid of your mother? Gee, look at the time! Checking his wrist. We'd better get up to Earth and start looking for that netherworld refugee. You're not wearing a watch. I sighed. How on Earth are we going to find my ex-wife? Don't worry. I know a guy. We traveled long and far to get to the hermit's house, a small cliffside cottage that looked like it was made out of mud and smelled like it was made out of something else. We all sat hunched over on tiny stools. The hermit insisted on making us tea, even though we all stressed that we were in a hurry. Don't worry. It'll only take a couple hours. We sat for two hours while he made the tea, which smelled like a cross between a fragrant bouquet of roses and a garlic fart. He set the chipped teacups in front of us on deformed, home-knit cozies. So, sitting down on a tree stump in the middle of the room, what can I do you for? We need to locate a netherworld being. What? Why would you want to do that? It's a complicated situation. The details are not really important. What's important is... We must locate the ex-wife of Darren so that we may return her to the netherworld. We hope to obtain his daughter in the trade. Perhaps we will bring about the apocalypse. But I am optimistic that the Erznok... The World Eater will be open to negotiation. This time the hermit did drop his teacup. Did you just say you're going to bring about the apocalypse? No, 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 no. It's just a, a misunderstanding. Yes! Ursnok, the World Eater, will not destroy the Earth as long as the refugee is present. But we intend to return her. I do not fully understand the plan. Ursnok the World Eater. I thought he was supposed to be in eternal slumber. What happened? Well, you know Jerry, the intern, the hermit sighed. You know, you really should consider firing that guy. He's my nephew. I keep him on mostly as a favor to my sister. Ah. So can you help us locate this being or not? I might be able to. For a price. The price is 
that I don't put my foot in your face. Ah, well, it's hard to argue with violence. So who is this netherworld being? It's my ex-wife. Are you serious? That sounds like a bad joke. It appears that many of the jokes in this story are bad. <laughs> Thank you, Frank and Teddy. I turned to the hermit. Yes, I am serious. All right, well, if you're really determined for me to help your stalk your ex-wife, I guess I've got no choice. He eyed Miss Hatchetface nervously. I'll need a few things first, though. He patted the pockets of his raggedy coat. Does anybody have a goblet of undying embers? No. Scry... Scrying glass of eternal misery? Nope. Lufa? Uh, no. That's too bad. I'll have to stop by Walmart later. Anyway, we'd better get started. Give me your hand, Dexter. It's Darren, actually. Didn't Satan call you Dexter? He did, but he's got some sort of memory issue or something. Ah! I offered my hand out to the hermit, and he seized my wrist with a gloved hand and started sprinkling salt in my palm as he hummed a gypsy-sounding tune to himself. Good! Now that your palm is nice and tasty, we can get started with the scrying snork. The what? The this. The hermit pulled out a small, scaly blue lizard creature from one of his many pockets and placed it in my palm. The lizard licked up the salt, belched out blue flames, and then said in a grave, croaky voice, The netherworld creature is in Florida Keys. The creature paused for a moment. And you should moisturize. I, I try, but it's the dry winter air. Well, it'll be better down in Florida. I hate Florida. Who doesn't? The thing about netherworld beings is that they bring the spirit of chaos and insanity with them wherever they go. It infects the land, seeping into the soil and driving every living thing to the brink of lunacy. Before long, even the most ordered, peaceful places in the world become a receptacle for the insane. What I'm saying is, we should have realized your ex-wife was in Florida. Satan stared out the window of the car as he finished his speech. Fuck, I read that as the hermit. Whatever, the warm glow of the sun filtering through the shadow of the palms that flitted past as we drove down to the Keys. Are you saying that my ex-wife is the reason Florida is so messed up? Well, it's either that or it's all the cocaine. My money's on the cocaine. Mine too. It really is amazing, isn't it? What is? Cocaine. Sure, Satan. I made a mental note that I had finally figured out what was wrong with his memory. I looked out the window. It was nearing evening now, and the warm, wet air made my skin feel sticky. It smelled like the ocean. I turned back to Satan. There's still no way for us to tell exactly where in the Florida Keys my ex-wife is. It could be a long search. Oh, I've got that covered. He plunged a hand into his pocket and pulled out the writhing blue scaly thing. Is that the snork? Sure is. The snork ruffled its scales indignantly and looked up at Satan. You know... You could have just asked me where she was back at the hermit's shack. No need to stuff me in your pocket and smuggle me out. What were you thinking? 
I try not to think if possible. It's terribly unpleasant. I suddenly realized the Satan's secret plan can... I suddenly realized the secret behind Satan's constant cheerfulness. So you know where she is? Of course. Fuck, there's so many voices going around right now. Of course I know where she is. I'm a snork, aren't I? That was... I'm a <laughs> snork, aren't I? You're the snorkiest. So where is the girl? She owns an outdoor beach bar called Cabana Anna's. Where's that? Take a left on 17th Street and follow it straight down to the coast. You hear that, Frank and Teddy? We're heading to Cabana Anna's. Better hang a left up here on the 17th Street. Roger! The tires squealed as he jerked the wheel to the left. So, how did we decide Frank and Teddy was driving again? Well, obviously, he's the least suspicious. But he doesn't have a driver's license. Well, not for Earth, no, but he's a fully licensed to drive demonic nightmare creatures from the realms of eternal sorrow. I really don't think it's the same. Agree to disagree, Paul. That one's not even close to my name. Agree to disagree. I sighed and redirected my attention to the warm orange and pink of the Florida sunrise. We arrived at the beach that was played host to Cabana Anna's in the swing of midday. The air was wet and sticky, and a haze of heat shimmered six inches above the sand. Beachgoers lay baking in the sun, and girls wearing bikinis batted volleyballs around on makeshift courts. We attracted a lot of stares. Satan had swapped his suit for a pair of swim trunks, but Miss Hatchetface and I were still in regular house clothes. And then there was Frank and Teddy. Satan had hidden the snork in a large conch shell that he occasionally held up to his ear to listen for directions. The snork kept sassing him, though, with the result being that Satan looked to be arguing with a large conch shell the entire time. Finally, we spotted Cabana Anna's and started over, only to be interrupted by a group of bikini-clad college girls. Hi, said the leader of the pack. My name's Anna. She had bronze skin, light blonde hair, and a swimmer's body. If I had been ten years younger and significantly more attractive, I might have talked to her, but right now, I was on a mission. Sorry, trying to push past her. I'm just heading to the bar over there. Wow, rude. Go ahead. We just really wanted to talk to your friend anyway. Satan grinned. Well, I don't usually go for humans, but... Um, not you. Giving Satan a disdainful once-over. And ew. I was talking about your tall friend. With that, she turned to Frank and Teddy and tossed her hair. What's your name, sexy? Frank and Teddy. Oh, wow. Your voice is so deep. Your name sounds foreign. Yes, it's from hell. Anna tossed her head back and laughed, slapping Frank <laughs> and Teddy on the chest and letting her hand linger. Oh my god, you're so funny. My friends and I don't usually do this, but since it's winter break and all... She shot her friend a conspiratorial look. Do what? Frank and Teddy boomed in his singed charcoal voice. What is happening? The girl wiggled her finger and Frank and Teddy bent down. She whispered in his ear. What? None of that sounds appealing to me. Well, if you change your mind... Anna said, reaching into her bikini top. She pulled out a sharpie and inked her name on Frank and Teddy's paw. She gestured her friends to come along with a toss of the head, and they all walked off giggling, hips swaying. 
Why would she ride on me? Frank and Teddy said. I did nothing wrong. It's her phone number. Why would I want her phone number? She wrote on me. I guess you wouldn't. Humans are weird. Can we please just get on with this? I'm ready to see this planet burn already. The corner of Miss Hatchetface's mouth lifted a bit. Somebody's got their feelings hurt. I'm evil. I don't have feelings. Let's just go. We trudged over to the bar and Satan leaned on the counter, dinging the customer service bell over and over again. You know, said the barmaid, the faster you ding is the faster I go. Just watch. She reached up to... It's probably going to turn out to be his ex-wife. Absolutely. And reading out as an old woman. Absolutely. The faster you ding is the faster I go. Just watch that. You already read that. She reached up towards <laughs> a bottle of tequila off the shelf, movement crawling like a turtle. You're very funny. I'm here to see the owner. Oh, yeah? The barmaid asked, still reaching for the tequila. Why's that? It's top secret netherworld stuff, apocalypse and all that, you wouldn't understand. Okay, weirdo, if you're gonna do drugs, you can take it to the other bar. We don't allow that stuff here. Just get me the owner. You're looking at <laughs> You! You're looking at her. Hey, Darren, why didn't you tell me this was your ex-wife? That's not my ex-wife. For the first time, the barmaid looked at me. Her eyes got wide and her mouth fell open. Darren! How did you find me? What do you mean? You're not... What the fuck? <laughs> the barmaid's face morphed. Her nose grew smaller and turned upwards just a bit. Her eyes widened and changed color from green to blue. Her short black hair turned long and blonde, and her strong bone structure softened just a bit. The, mar the barmaid had become my ex-wife, Anna. Oh, that's a neat trick. How do you do that? Annie ignored him. Oh my god, what are you doing here, Darren? I could ask you the same question. Annie looked around, worry wrinkles slowly creeping over her face. Where's Sarah? Oh, so now you care where Sarah is. Five years without a trace. And now you're Miss Wonderful Parent. It's bullshit. Hey, hey, hey! Is now really the time to argue? We need to focus on getting Sarah back. Back? What do you mean back? Where is she? Oh, nowhere you wouldn't know. Just kicking back and relaxing in the netherworld with Erznok, the world eater. What? What is Sarah doing with my dad? You're what? Part 13, Larry, the sacrificial goat. <laughs> I pressed the palm of my hand to my forehead. So that's why Erznok wants you back so bad. No wonder. You ran out on him just like you ran out on us. Well, if I hadn't... You'd all be dead right now, along with everybody else you've ever known a man. You know what? Right now, that doesn't seem like such a bad prospect. Oh Annie my groaned. god, damn. God, you're so good at playing the victim. You should just be on TV. You can play a corpse on Law and & Order. And you can play, um, you know what? Fuck you. Oh, wow, very clever. <laughs> Frank and Teddy boomed out a long noise. Annie, Miss Hatchetface, and I all turned to look at him. My apologies. Sometimes I get uncomfortable and make noises. 
Annie turned back to me and pointed her finger at me. <laughs> Frank and Teddy repeated. <laughs> Miss Hatchet Face was grinning up at Frank and Teddy, and Annie looked put out. Fine. So you went and got our daughter kidnapped, and now you want me to go to the Netherworld to sort it all out for you. Is that it? Yes, that's it. Oh. That's all? That's all? Well, I'm so lucky that all you're asking for is for me to go to the Netherworld and talk to the most powerful being in existence, giving up his only granddaughter. You do know why they call him Esnock the World Eater, right? Why? Because he eats wilds! I rest my head on the bar for a moment and sigh. I bring it back up and rest my forehead in my hand. Look, I don't really see what other options we have. We need... We need a plan. We need a rescue plan. We were sitting in Annie's living room. The Jew, the bear, Satan, the middle-aged guy, and the ghost. Gathered around a fold-out table she'd set up in the center. The bright yellow light of a desk lamp bathed the papers and that been haphazardly strewn about its surface. They were maps, schematics of the Netherworld office building in which Erznok the World Eater resided. The light from the lamp bounced off the papers and lit Annie's face from below, making her look even more tired and stressed than she was, which was very. The way I see it, there's only one way we can go about this. We sneak into the office and we put Erznok back to sleep. You can do that? It's possible. But it won't be easy. I believe I have a solution. Teddy said, even at a whisper, his voice was loud. When I cannot sleep, the lady Hatchetface sings lullabies to me. You do that? Turning to Miss Hatchetface. That's so sweet. Miss Hatchetface went a slightly deeper shade of red than she already was. Annie made a slightly disgusted noise. Hold on a second. Are you... Boinking the nanny, Darren? That's so cliche. Who or what I boink is none of your business. And Annie rolled her eyes. Just not in my house, okay? Don't worry about that. The sight of you pretty much killed my urge to boink. Frank and Teddy looked at me, then Annie, then back to me. What is boink? It sounds like fun. You don't want to know, said Satan. And then turning to the rest of us, he said, Can we please get on with this? You all have no idea what this apocalypse has done to real estate prices in hell. Is that a pressing concern right now? My daughter's been trapped in the netherworld. Well, not for you, but it's bad for those invested in the future of the greatest nation of all time. America? What? No. Hell. Oh, Annie was shaking her head. How do you guys get anything done? We don't, really. CEO is more of a managerial role, not a job where you actually do things. Annie sighed and picked up a pen, stabbing at one of the blueprints that sat on the table. This is where we need to enter. The door will sense my blood and open, and the rest of you can go in. After that, you're all on your own. If Erznok finds me in the underworld, he'll eat the earth at once. I'll have to come back here and hide. How are we going to find our way through the building without you? That's what all the maps are for. Oh. Look, it's simple. Oh. Annie said, sliding the blueprint towards her and marking it with pen. 
This is the route you take. She slid the blueprint back to the center of the table and we all leaned over. The route right here. Yes. The one that starts at the door marked do not enter and ends with the label certain death. That's the one. Okay, just checking. But getting in is the easy part. Is it? Yes. After you're inside, you'll need to keep your cells and the goat hidden to keep from setting off security. Wait, there's a goat. Annie cocked her head and squinted. Of course there's a goat. What else would you use to sacrifice? I'm not really comfortable with the idea of sacrificing anything. Don't worry. The goat's used to it by now. It's his job. That really doesn't make me feel any better. Look, do you want to get our Sarah back or not? I sighed. Get me the fucking goat. <clears throat> Annie had made a phone call and the goat had shown up at the door in a suit and tie wearing a b black bowler hat. He made sure to hand out business cards to every person present that simply read, Larry Crowder, Sacrificial Specialist. The goat took off his coat and bowler hat, standing up on his hind legs to hang them from the rack before seating himself in brown over overstuffed recliner. Goat. Is this a goat? Bat. I'm just going to do a voice. <laughs> I'm trying to like put my my voice into a goat and it's that <laughs> so no <laughs> so <laughs> he said gruffly I understand this is a netherworld job he reached inside the pocket of his suit jacket and pulled out a cigar and Zippo style lighter he lit the cigar and puffed out a cloud of smoke I stared down at the ivory-white business card in my hand. Annie was the first to speak. Yes. Do you think you're from Mr. Crowder? First off, sweetheart, you can call me Larry. He took another long draw of his cigar, leaving his face clouded by a haze of smoke. He made no sign that he intended on answering. Listen, Larry, we're kind of in a hurry, so if you could... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said the lady could call me Larry. It's still Mr. Crowder to you. I wasn't sure how to respond to that, so I kept my mouth shut the way I see it. Larry said, leaning through the cloud of smoke so that we could all see his face. Netherworld job ain't worth the risk. What's in it for me if I do this? I decided that now was the time to bring up the job was to get sacrificed. Because if you don't, the world's gonna end. What world? What do you mean, what world, Earth? Larry leaned back and took another puff of his cigar. Not my problem. Not your problem? I asked, dumbfounded. Do I look like I'm from Earth to you, boy? Look, Larry. Shooting me a quick, dirty look. He didn't mean anything by it. Larry scoffed. Besides, there's not the world eater has awakened. You think he's really going to stop after he eats Earth? He'll come for you in the goat dimension next. You know he will. Maybe. He narrowed his eyes and leaned back from the veil of smoke. I could see his black eyes glittering as he sat there puffing on his cigar, thinking, I'll come back tomorrow. 5 a.m. Sharp. Without waiting for a response, he got up, slung his coat over his shoulder, and pulled his bowler hat down over his eyes and left the same way he came in. Some badass fucking goat. Five, 
I don't know what my inspiration for the voice is. Is it Vin Diesel? 5 a.m. So fuck. 5 a.m. saw me awaking to the sharp report of goat knuckles on my bedroom door. Annie had insisted I give the guest bedroom to myself, and she had relegated Miss Hatchetface to the living room couch. Miss Hatchetface had snuck into my room anyway, and she now stood in front of the full-length mirror in her underwear, going through her morning primping routine. I took a moment to appreciate the contrast of the black lace on her red skin before I rubbed the sleep out of my eyes and sat up. I'm awake, I shouted at the insistent knocking. Awake ain't ready, is it, boy? Larry's gruff voice called from the other side of the door. Get your walking shoes on and let's do this thing. I turned to Miss Hatchetface. Have you seen my shoes? They're next to the bed. Thanks. I reached down from one of the black leather loafers and hurled it at the door. The knocking stopped. Miss Hatchetface tried to give me a disapproving look, but failed, giving me a smile instead. When I finally did get my clothes on, I opened my door to the wafting smell of sizzling bacon and fresh-cooked eggs. The dining room table had been cleared of maps, and there was an array of plates piled high with bacon, scrambled eggs, and French toast, along with a giant jug of iced orange juice. Annie came out of the kitchen in a flower-stained apron with a big grin on her face. When she looked at me, Miss Hatcherface grabbed my arm and smiled back. Annie's grin grew wider, but left her eyes. I hope you two enjoyed the guest bedroom, she said through clenched teeth. I'm sorry if the couch wasn't to your liking, Miss Hatcherface. Oh, it was fine, Miss Hatcherface replied. Just not a lot of space to move around. She slid her arm around the back of my waist, looked up at me, and winked. Annie's grin grew larger and more plastic yet, and a little vein in her forehead poked out and began throbbing. Well... Are you much of a cook, Miss Hatcherface? I dabble. Miss Hatcherface replied, looking at me expectantly. Oh, uh, yeah, Miss Hatcherface is the best cook. She competed in Hell's Iron Chef contest. I tried not to gag as I remember Miss Hatcherface's many failed attempts at reproducing human food, attempts which has often as not involved tentacles and green slime. Oh, really? Annie said casually. I think I saw you on that show. Isn't that the year... Isn't that the... Oh, uh... I think I saw you on that show. Isn't that the year half the judges died of explosive diarrhea? Miss Hatcherface blushed and didn't reply, and we all sat down to a tense breakfast in which Annie asked me how the food was about half a dozen times, and I replied as diplomatically as I could to avoid igniting a war over bacon and eggs. After breakfast, Larry insisted on hitting the road immediately. We need to drive out to one of these existing netherworld portals in Florida. If Annie creates another one, they'll sense it and be on us in minutes. What's the closest portal? May May Chinese Buffet. They use that portal to import ingredients. I love that place, this Kung Pao chicken. It's not chicken. Well, I love that place, this Kung Pao something. The sun was shining and the sky was blue and cloudless as we piled into the car and drove towards Mai Mai Chinese Buffet. The hostess was a beautiful oriental woman in a traditional Chinese dress, red silk adorned with gold lotus blossom. You need to do it. Can I help you? <laughs> I need to speak to the owner. The woman turned to Larry and smiled. Ooh. 
Oh, Mr. Crowder, it's good to see you again. I wish I could say the same, but the last time I was here, you tried to put me in the egg rolls. <laughs> the hostess shrugged. Are some people right, What you want with me, chair? We need to borrow your portal. Top secret netherworld business. Oh, what portal? You really want to play it like that? The hostess shrugged. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about! All of our ingredients are African sauce from a local farm! Why, you... Ahem! I cleared my throat. Can we please hurry this up? There's a lot at stake here. We really don't care what is in your egg rolls. We just want to get to the netherworld as soon as possible. And what is in it for me? If you... Catch your face. If you don't help us... Then I'll put you in the egg rolls! The hostess wrinkled up her nose and cocked her head, putting on a plastic customer service smile. I like hold this away! She led us through the restaurant and back through large double doors to the kitchen. And the porta is here! She said, pointing to the large walk-in freezer. You first, said Satan, and the hostess's smile became wider and more plastic. Of course! She said, pulling the large steel door to the walk-in freezer open and strolling inside. We crammed ourselves into the cooler and the heavy door slammed shut behind us. The hostess turned around and smiled. I don't get it. Where's the portal? Right here! The hostess said, flicking a switch on the wall. Suddenly the ground was gone, and we were all tumbling through the darkness. That bitch! Satan yelled, picking himself up off the ground. Miss Hatchetface was already up and staring at the sky, a dark bruised purple with a cloud without a cloud in sight. She shut the portal behind us! There's no going back that way! She dumped me in as well? Unruffling her pants? If Erznwalk finds out that I'm here, he'll destroy the world immediately. We need to keep a low profile. Huh? What? Which one do you think he'll destroy first? Hell or Earth? Did you really just ask me that? Satan shrugged. Larry sighed and pulled an object from his pocket. It was a smooth glass sphere and looked like an oversized Bloody Mary marble. Tiny pinpricks of light shone from within, floating around as if suspended in water. The pattern of lights seemed to mean something to Larry, because he stuffed it back in his pockets and pointed straight ahead. It's that way. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go. Not so fast. We need to split up. Are you kidding? Look, Larry, I, I don't know what things are like in the goat dimension, but here on Earth, we have things called horror movies, and the number one lesson in all of them is to never split up. We don't have a choice. Once we make the sacrifice, we'll have to make a quick getaway. I can lead us to Erznok, but someone has to locate a portal and set up a beacon. The location will read on my thingamajig. Your what? The thing that tells me where to go. It senses netherworld magic, which means Annie is the one who needs to locate the portal, and Frank and Teddy will go with her. Annie eyed Frank and Teddy doubtfully. Why doesn't Darren come? Because I said so. And I'm running this operation. Fine. But Frank and Teddy? Really? I'd be better off alone. Our mission requires subtlety and subterfuge. And there's nothing subtle about a seven-foot teddy bear. 
Frank and Teddy goes with you and not with us. Any side. Well, you are the operational expert. And don't you forget it, Larry replied. And so, despite my many protestations, we split up and Frank and Teddy and Annie wandered off alone into the darkness of the netherworld. Walking in the netherworld felt like walking on the night sky. The only source of light was a ghostly blue luminescence that shone from beneath our feet and did not penetrate far into the heavy curtain of darkness that surrounded us. The atmosphere reminded me of a funeral home. I felt like speaking in anything about a, above a hushed whisper was somehow inappropriate. Hey, Larry, I whispered after we'd been walking for what felt like an hour. Hour. <laughs> yes, Larry whispered back. How much farther to go? Larry sighed. What, do you have to pee or something? We'll get there when we get there. I, I know that, but you, you must have some idea of how far it is from here. Larry chewed on the end of his cigar nervously. It's about... 16 netherworld hyperseconds. How long is a netherworld hypersecond? Larry shrugged. No idea. We walked on in silence for a few more minutes, but the nervous tension was unbearable, and so I spoke up again. Larry? Larry spat on the ground. I bet you really fun on road trips. What? Nothing. What do you want, kid? Well... I said, hesitant at the sensitive nature of the question I was about to ask. I had a question. Had or have? Spit it out, boy. It's about the sacrifice. Yeah? Well, what about it? I was just wondering. If you get sacrificed, then won't you die? Larry stopped short, and I almost ran into his back. He turned around to look at me. An almost comical expression of disbelief had slackened his features, so that his cigar hung loosely from the corner of his mouth. Won't I what? He asked. I looked to Miss Hatchet face for reassurance, but she was staring at me with a similar look on her face. I mean, <clears throat> if you get sacrificed, you die, right? I mean, that's what a sacrifice is. That's what a sacrifice is. So let me get this straight. You were planning on killing me this whole time? Uh, well, no, I mean... I didn't really, um, I mean, that is your job, right? Larry cocked his head and squinted his eyes, pulling the cigar out of his mouth and using it as a gesture as he spoke. You think my job is to get murdered? And you just went along without a question? What the hell is wrong with you? Well, I didn't know you were going to be a talking goat at first. I just thought you were going to be a normal one. So now you're saying I'm not normal? It's not enough that you want to kill me, but you have to insult me first as well. No, I just meant that. You just meant that if I couldn't talk, it'd be okay to kill me. I've got a little nephew who's deaf-mute. You want to kill him too, you Nazi? I was floundering, but Miss Hatchetface came to my rescue. Darren doesn't know anything about it. Everybody around him acted like it was normal, so he just assumed it was. It's not his fault. Yeah. Totally not his fault. That's the problem with you humans. It's never your fault. You're always just going with the flow, doing what everybody else does, even if the end result is terror, death, and famine. Listen, Larry, I'm really sorry. Yeah, chewing on a cigar. Don't worry about it, kid. 
It's about what I'd expect. Nobody spoke the rest of the way until we arrived at Erznok's lair. The thingamajig went off in Larry's pocket with a stiff, somewhat robotic British woman's voice. You have arrived at your destination. We're here, I asked. That's what you have arrived at your destination generally means. But I don't see anything. You will. Larry replied, tapping on a rhythm on the smooth stone sur surface of the netherworld, and the sound echoed off into the distance, but nothing happened. There was a tense pause, and then we felt it, a faint rumbling beneath our feet. At first I could only feel the rumbling in the soles of my feet, but then it traveled up my leg and through my torso, finally ending with the chattering of my teeth. Fissures snaked through the ground beneath us, unearthly blue light radiating outwards from them. Soon we were standing on a spider's web, shape of light, and then the obelisk rose forth with the sound of cracking stone out of the ground like a crown grave mark. It rose slowly at first, then more and more quickly until the top was out of sight. The sheer size of the thing was enough to give me vertigo, and I fell over on my back as the ground shook beneath my feet. I looked to either side and saw that everyone else had fallen too, and finally it stopped, and we all pushed ourselves back up off the ground as I turned to Larry. So this is where Erznok lives. He doesn't live, but this is where he resides. So how do we get in? There should be an entrance on the maps you brought. Maps? I didn't bring any maps. What? That was your only job! Nobody told me I was supposed to bring the maps. Please tell me you're joking. Why would I be joking at a time like this? Because if you're not joking, then we're royally screwed! He's not joking! I was with him the entire time at Handy's house. She never said anything to Darren about bringing any maps. Huh. <sighs> said Satan, who had now been quiet. Do you have something to say? Well, I've just been thinking. That must be a strain for you. You have no idea. But I think I've figured something out. You have? Yeah. Erznok is Annie's father, right? So? And Annie said she'd been to my, my buffet before, so she know the hostess. And she was bound to know where the Netherworld portal was, right? I mean, she's the princess of the Netherworld. She'd be able to sense it. Larry and Miss Hatcherface shot each other a furtive glance. I don't get it. Where are you going with this? I'm just saying that there's no way Annie should have been able to be ambushed by a secret portal in the Netherworld. And then her forgetting to give Darren the maps. It seems more than a coincidence. Are you suggesting that she's up to something? You saw how thoroughly she planned this. She had the maps all marked up and everything. She wouldn't have had time to do that since we've been here. She was already planning something. This is unbelievable! You think that I'm off base? No. The part about Annie, I believe. She's a devious bitch! I've just never heard you speak more than two coherent sentences in a row. Well, devious plans are my specialty. I'm upper management. So, if she isn't here to help us, then what's she here for? 
Just then, the thingamajig went off like a klaxon in his pocket. Larry pulled it out of his pocket and frantically tried to shut it off to no avail. Suddenly, it stopped. When the final echoes of the alarm had faded, the thingamajig spoke once again in its robot female voice. This thingamajig has detected off-the-chart readings of netherworld energy that are consistent with netherworld being Erznok the World Eater traveling in your direction at 10% of light speed. Estimated arrival time is 1 netherworld hypersecond. This thingamajig suggests that you use the remaining few seconds of your life to say goodbye to your loved ones, and we thank you for using your thingamajig incorporated GPS services. Larry dropped the thingamajig and we watched it roll away. I think we're about to find out. This is the last part of what happens when you write Satan instead of Santa. I'm so tired. Erznok the World Eater stood before us. The image of his massive body twisting and bubbling like hot wax as my mind struggled to comprehend what I was seeing. His lawyer strode beside him in her charcoal pencil skirt and heels, carrying a clipboard and pushing her glasses up with the end of the pen. Maybe it was just the harsh blue of the ethereal light, but her face seemed even sourer than I remembered. So, she said, tapping impatiently on the clipboard, the kidnappers are here. Kidnappers? What on earth are you talking about? Not on earth. On netherworld. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I really don't, the lawyer sighed. Do you know what the punishment for kidnapping in the netherworld is? I didn't kidnap anybody. The lawyer looked as if she wanted to say something, but was interrupted by panting and the thud of heavy footsteps approaching behind her. Frank and Teddy emerged, panting from the darkness, followed shortly by Annie. It's a trap! Do not listen to her! The lawyer wrinkled her nose at Frank and Teddy as if it were a piece of gum on the bottom of her shoe. Of course it's a trap, but you're already here. The knowledge doesn't really do you much good now, does it? Can somebody please tell me what's going on? I only just got here and already it's been betrayal and accusing of kidnapping and yet no one seems to actually fit to explain anything to me. Don't play dumb with me. If you didn't take your daughter Sarah, then who did? What do you mean who did? You did. Yes, but after that somebody unauthorized removed her from Netherworld Daycare. What? First you steal my daughter, then you lose her. Are you kidding me? Why is nobody paying attention to me? I know what's going on! The conversation stopped and we all turned to look at Frank and Teddy. How do you know what's going on? Your head is full of stuffing. The stuffing is but insulation for a fierce and powerful mind! Frank and Teddy tapping on the side of his head with an enormous fluffy paw. <laughs> Actually, we just told you that to make you feel better. It's really just stuffing all the way through. Oh. But I still know what's going on. What is it, freaking Teddy? It was Annie's plan all along. We all turned to see that Annie had been silently backing away. She stopped. That bitch. Oh, come on. Don't you all look at me like that. I was doing what was best for everybody. What did you think was best for everybody? Miss Hatchetface asked, practically boring a hole into Annie's skull with the heat from her gaze. Every little girl wants to be a princess, don't they? I just thought maybe Sarah could stay down here as a princess of the netherworld and 
I could stay up to up so the Erznok didn't destroy the Earth. But we already had a plan to stop Erznok. Yeah, but that was before Erznok found me down here. I had to compromise. You brought an eight-page legal contract with you. Oh, I didn't think you saw that. Are you out of your mind? You were going to sell my daughter for your freedom? Don't be so melodramatic, Darren. She'd have a wonderful life here as a princess of the netherworld. I'm sure. That's why you're so keen to get back to Earth. Ahem, the lawyer said, removing her glasses and rubbing her eyes. I hate to interrupt your version of a netherworld Jerry Springer rerun, but the fact remains that somebody has kidnapped Princess Sarah and we cannot move forward with the coronation ceremony until she's found. That's, there's not going to be a coronation ceremony, regardless who the hell could have taken her. That's what I'm trying to tell you all! I know where Sarah's gone! Frank and Teddy had surprised us once again, and we sat in silence as he explained what had happened. Princess Sarah has escaped of her own volition! The lawyer shook her head. That seems awfully unlikely. Shoosh! You! Wee wee wee! Miss Hatchet's face looked at Frank and Teddy. How did she escape? She's learned in the ways of the satanic magic. She simply opened a portal back to Earth. That's it. We're down here mucking around in the netherworld, and she's been back on Earth this whole time. Why wouldn't she come directly to me? She wanted to stop at Disneyland first. Wait, Sarah was already back on Earth before we came down here? Yes. And you knew about it? Of course. Sarah responded to me. I am always aware of her location. Why didn't you say anything? Frank and Teddy shrugged. You seemed very excited to come to the Netherworld. I didn't want to ruin your vacation. Excited? We were terrified. Is that not one of the many varieties of excitement? No, it's... I, I mean, it is, but I just forget about it. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you! I start beating up the bear. <laughs> Larry was shaking his head. So I came down here with you <laughs> lunatics for nothing. <laughs> Fantastic. Does anybody have a portal home? Hold on a moment. What makes you think you're going home? Well, you can either let us go... Or throw the lot of us in prison. But I don't think the latter would make for a very interesting point. What? Nothing. <laughs> a roar bellowed from Urznok, shaking the fabric of reality as it rent through the netherworld air. The lawyer looked up at what I can only assume was Urznok's face. You're sure? <laughs> Fine. Esnock says you can all go, including you, Annie, but only on the condition that Sarah return to the Netherworld and fulfill her responsibilities as princess. Deal, said Satan. She's at Disneyland. Should we go get her for you? Hold on a second. I didn't agree to... Esnock... Esnock says he'll go himself. Clearly you all can't be trusted to accomplish anything. 
The air around us began to vibrate and swirl, coming alive with a monstrous cacophony. The ground shook and cracked, and pieces began to break off and float into the air, as if there was no gravity. Erznok began to twist and distort into a spiral, growing smaller and finally disappearing with a surprisingly subdued pop. So, is there a portal out of here? Yeah. I'll take you guys. We resurfaced back in the walk-in cooler of my mice Chinese buffet just what in you time doing? to frighten a waiter who was coming back for a pot of egg drop soup. Sorry, Satan said, shoving the kid out of the way and pushing open the door of the refrigerator, but we've got business to handle. We all followed suit, pushing our way out into the kitchen of the restaurant, and we found the back door and managed to frighten yet another two waiters having a smoke break on our way out. So... I guess this is where... I guess this is where I leave you guys. Sorry about your daughter, Darren. But it really is about the best thing anyone could have done for everyone in war. The best thing? The best thing would be if you stuck your head up your... Whoa, whoa there, there. Whoa, oh. whoa there, Darren. Just let it go. Just let it go, she... Shh. Turning to me and giving me a wink with his right eye so that Annie couldn't see. Just let it go. I turned back to Annie. Just get out of my sight. I never want to see you again. I'm sorry you feel that way right now. Maybe later you'll change your mind. Yeah, right. When pigs fly. Pigs do fly in the nether well. Just go away. Okay. Annie's image shimmered for a moment like a mirage, and then she disappeared with a small pop, just like her father had. I shook my head. Unbelievable. Then, turning back to Satan, I said, Hey, Satan, what was the wink about? Don't you worry about that, Pablo. I've got a secret plan. Oh, oh God, not again. Have you already forgotten about the last plan, too, now? There was no last plan. It's the same plan as before. It's still going. So it was part of your plan to waste our time in the netherworld for no apparent reason? It sure was. Winking at Miss Hatchet Face. Please don't wink at me. Does this plan involve me in any way? Not anymore. Good. I'm going back to the goat dimension. You'll get my bill in the mail. I'll be adding a special idiot tax. You're going to be calling in a genius tax when thy plan comes out. Uh-huh. I'm sure. So what is the secret plan of yours? Don't be stupid, Reggie. If I told you, it wouldn't be a secret anymore. Now let's go to Disneyland. Not to be a buzzkill, but by now Herzog is already there. How are we supposed to get there in time to do anything? Satan scratched at his goatee. Well, it looks like I've been written into a corner. What? Nothing. I'm the devil, for God's sake. You think I can't get us there right away? But the last, the last time we drove. The last time we drove. Well, that was a family road trip. It was for fun. I had a concussion. How's that supposed to be fun? Concussions are plenty fun once you get used to them. Wait a second. Is that why you can't remember my name? I don't know what you're talking about, Jerry. Now come on, let's go to Disneyland. Satan snapped his fingers and a gate of purple flame sprang up from out of the ground. Pretty cool, huh? You know, I invented these, right? No, you didn't. Shush! 
Jerry doesn't know that. Satan patted me on the back. All right, Jerry. There's a secret to these gates, so listen up. You've got to close your eyes and concentrate hard on where you're going, or the hellfire will burn you to a crisp. I looked at Satan and said, you're joking, right? Maybe. He shoved me into the gate. Traveling to hell and back had been like being sucked through a straw, but somehow this was even worse. My hands blew up like balloons to the point that my fingers looked like fat little sausages. My left foot grew to the size of a college textbook, and my right one shrank to the, s <laughs> my right one shrank to the size of a mousetrap. A bear sprouted out of my face. A bear. A beard sprouted out of my face, turned gray, fell off, and came back bright pink. I saw a huge vertical wall approaching, gray and immobile. I realized too late that it was actually sidewalk and I was falling. I fell face first onto the sidewalk and my nose began to fountain out blood. I pushed myself up to see Frank and Teddy Satan and Miss Hatchetface had already, alive, already arrived. Jeez, what took you so long, Jerry? Did you get lost or something? I wiped the blood off my nose and rubbed my hand clean on my pants. Is it broken? Looks like it. But I like it better this way. Gives you a rugged sort of look, like a boxer or a homeless person. I felt gingerly at my nose and a bolt of pain shot through my forehead like an arrow. Can you fix it? Of course I can! I was, I was actually, actually talking to Oh. I was actually talking to Miss Hatchet Face. Nonsense! I have a medical degree. For humans? As Satan poked and prodded my face. Let's not worry about trivialities. He took a step back and snapped his fingers, and I felt a sensation like being smacked in the face with a frying pan. Oh no. That doesn't look good at all. What? What did you do to my nose? See for yourself, snapping his fingers and conjuring a mirror out of thin air. I prepared myself for the worst as he held it up to my face. I'll get it. It looks exactly the same as it did before. Exactly! You're a jerk. I tossed the mirror and Satan snapped his fingers again, disappearing it before it hit the ground. I like your nose. It's distinctive. What a diplomatic way to put it. Now come on, we've got to get going. This is the final phase of my plan, and we've got no time to waste. We made our way up to the gates of Disney World to see the ticket booth with was being worked by Fersnel, the giant blue demon with the axe in his head. Uh, hey, Fersnel, it's good to see you again. He huffed out his bull-like nostrils and pointed towards the park. Fersnel is already here. You better hurry. Wait, isn't this the one that was like the, the Irish one? No. I don't think so. Okay. Is it? I can't remember anymore. Do uh, fun. No, that was the troll. Fersnel is the demon. He doesn't really speak in any other scenes. It doesn't okay. matter. I gazed towards the park and saw that Erznok had indeed already arrived. Above him in the sky was a rippling black fissure from which storm clouds were pouring out, canvassing the sky in an endless dull gray curtain. My chest burned with effort as I sprinted through the gates of the park and towards Erznok the World Eater, hoping that I was not too late to save my daughter. I could hear the others close at my heels as I closed in. The mighty netherworld beast unleashed a colossal roar, and the ground sh part of the park shook beneath my feet, nearly sending me headlong into the pavement. 
I passed people fleeing the other way, but as I got closer I could see there was a crowd gathered around the beast. The mob was composed of demons and human children, all facing towards Erznok and swaying back and forth while chanting something I could not make out. Suddenly I felt myself being yanked back and I hit my head hard on the pavement as I went down. Ouch! That looked like it hurt. Sorry about the... What the hell is wrong with you? Lots of things, but that's not important right now, just like you. What are you talking about? I tried to sit up, but Satan pushed me gently back to the ground with one of his hooves. Parents aren't needed for this part. Only the kids. Oh my god! You're a genius! Of course I am. That's why everyone thinks I'm insane. I'm so long-sighted that, to everybody else, my actions don't make any sense at all. Can someone please explain what's going on, and can you please take your hoof off my chest? Pro tip for you, Jordan. Only ask for one favor at a time. It's the children! They're fighting Erznog! I shoved Satan's hoof off my chest and stuck my... And he stuck his arms out as nearly lost his balance. I stood up and rubbed my head. How's that? They're just kids. But kids are special, don't you see? Netherworld beings feed on hatred, void, and misery, and children are the antithesis of that. They are the greatest natural resource of happiness and love in the world, and Disneyland is the perfect conduit for that joy. It's a magical place where imagination is more important than reality, and all of that love, all of that joy, is sapping Erznok's power away. Wow. That's amazing. What are they chanting? The theme song from Bonnie the Purple Dinosaur. Oh. I guess that's fitting. Erznok let out another reality-shaking bellow, and the crack in the sky above him widened into a colossal gaping fissure. Lightning bolted out, and the wind picked up, whirling around Erznok and the crowd in a howling maelstrom. Erznok's head began to distort, stretching towards the fissure. Slowly, he was being sucked in. Finally, with a resounding clap of thunder, Erznok disappeared. Huh? I scratched my head. Ha! Huh. I just saved your world from being eaten, and the best you can muster up is... Ha! Huh. What? No, it's, it's great and all, it's just... After everything that happened, I mean, it just feel, it feels a little anticlimactic, is all. You were hoping for some great final battle or something. Because we could call Erznok back here, and you could fight him, but your world gets eaten if you lose. No, it's okay. The descending is good enough for me. Satan grinned. That's what I thought. I should go find Sarah. No need. Here she comes. I squinted into the distance, but I could see no sign of Sarah. The only thing coming towards us was a colossal reptilian demon that was covered in spikes and ran on two legs. Its head was the ugliest thing I'd ever seen. Its dark red skin was wrinkled up like old, cheap leather. Its milky yellow eyes bobbed around on two antennae, And at the very top, no, it couldn't be at the very top, was Sarah. The beast approached and lowered its head, and Sarah aligned next to me. Hi, Dad. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you, too. I picked her up and looked at her before pulling her in tight for the biggest hug of her life. I love you, Dad. I love you, too. Dad? Yes? You're squeezing me to death. Just a moment. 
I freely got to pee, though. Okay. I let her down. So the adventure's over? Sarah asked. It looks that way. What do we do now? I scratched my head. Let's let Frank and Teddy decide. We all turned to Frank and Teddy and stared at him expectantly. He paused for a moment, placing his enormous fluffy paw up to his chin, and thought. Let's ride all the rides! He boomed. I smiled and said, Okay. I'm tired! <laughs> hey, I made you a deal. I said we'd finish and... You did. In like around you an did. hour, he's... This is what we did! Well, guys, it's over. This fucking story's over. <laughs> Three-part fuckfest. I didn't hate it. It's no, I just, didn't hate it. It's not really creepypasta. No, it's not. It was a story. It was a, it was a fantastical Wizard of Oz no-sleep story of fuckish proportions. But, like... I like that the characters had their own personalities. Yeah, I had fun with all the voices. Yeah, it was a good time. It wasn't a bad read. It was it your longest read? I have can't. we have we ever done a three episode story before? No. Two so, the most. So yeah. That's your longest episode then. So yeah, there that was uh that was part three, the third episode of uh What Happens When You Write Letters to Satan instead of Santa. That's your Christmas None of this story really had to do with Christmas. The first episode had to do with Christmas. It's just, what else am I going to title them? Because it's all the same story. I wanted Santa to be involved. Yeah, I right? Him to come be like, Wouldn't he like come down from the sky and just be like, Who sent me a fucking letter? Satan, we had a deal. <laughs> Whenever someone misspells, you send it to me. And they get into a huge fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, for the background picture of all three of these is a picture of, like, Santa in some shape or form. So it's like, you know, Sa Santa doesn't even play a fucking role in this. For all we know, he doesn't even exist. It's weird to think that, true. that like, demons and Satan and Netherworld and Elder Beings and all that shit comes up in this story. But Santa's never mentioned, like, once. <laughs> you know, for all we know. No, Santa's fake. I hear Satan yeah, saying, right. like, I just put on a beard and fuck around with people. <laughs> he just, like, binge eats. This one time I came down a dude's chimney, I swear he shot. <laughs> <laughs> I was he thought, down he thought Santa wasn't real. I changed his fucking life. <laughs> Came down his chimney and then I came down his, his chimney. chimney. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. you like that, don't you? Yeah, it was fun. So if Satan ever comes up in another story, nope. I'm gonna play the same voice. Okay, <laughs> I can deal with that. But yeah, uh, that was that was a good time, and that was that was the episode. It was episode one hundred and sixty. The story was... Uh, you know what that means? <laughs> the story was fated to be told from three years ago. We're almost at 169. Yeah, we are. I'm back again. <laughs> yes, you'll be back. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find something for us to read. Yeah. I'll find something You're going to get Medea again. Just because I, I like to keep bringing it up. <laughs>
I, I think Danny Boy sent me a story about like a grandma that lives under a house. Absolutely. <laughs> it's where they, it's where they, and you're immediately like, yep, that's the one. It's where they send Tyler Perry when they don't want any more movies. <laughs> where Where is he? Under the house. <laughs> uh, it's, when does he come out? Very, ra- very rarely. Only when someone laughs at his jokes. Only when someone, only when someone puts on one of the Medea films. <laughs> Boom! Medea's Halloween Part Two: Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Ermagger. Smith and Wesson's my favorite girl. Oh my god. She's like the black old <laughs> version of the Irma Gerd yeah, she girl. Yeah, she is. Oh. I shot two parts. <laughs> oh, well, that's been episode 160, everyone. I hope. Uh, and what is this show? Hope everyone called? had a had a good time here What's... on Lots of Pasta. And if you're vegetarian. Hallelujah, Pastor! <laughs> Fuck. Pookie <laughs> It's not the end. It's Atlanta till we stand at the shore. At the shore.